Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. I am Meg, and Vegas showgirl Connie is going to tell us about Garnet Gin today. And as you know, we are powered by Zencaster now. So if you ever listen to us and find yourself saying, I could do this, I could do that, you should go to our show notes or our website and click the link that says Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R for 30% off your first three months. Yeah. Yeah. And we should add, it's not, it's very affordable regardless. So yeah, you can do it still- for free if you want. Yeah. So I feel like every time I do an Indiana episode, I get closer and closer to home, like proximity wise. So as you all know, well, most of you know, Meg and I are from Indiana and I'm not sure as I wear my Super Bowl champion sweatshirt, never forget our Lord and Savior, Peyton Manning. Was that 07? Yep. Classic. (laughs) I found this one at Goodwill afterwards and I was like, man, that's dope, but I don't want to spend the money on a real like expensive one. So here we go. Um, and I'm not sure if it's all small towns, but in Indiana in particular, small county schools always have school rivalries with the counties that are around them. I Growing- don't understand that. Like, I don't understand school spirit. I think I've said that before. It weirds yeah. me out, especially like once you're out of the high school and you don't have like, you don't have a kid there or something. I don't get it. Yeah. That's the, I don't go to stuff like in my town now. I mean, sometimes like. Unless, like, my oldest wants to go, then I have to, like, chaperone. But I get that. But it, I was – we say it all the time. You and I are – we have a lot of similarities and a lot of differences. And I loved – I mean, I rocked out school spirit. I was into it. But growing I, up – Yeah, go at, when you're at school, yes. As yeah. an adult, I'm not trying to rock, like, my high school mascot. No, I think college is one thing, but, like, I – and, but I, I understand if your kids go there yeah. and like, I, I mean, our kids play sports. So like I have sport stuff for our hometown or our new hometown, I guess, with like the town and everything on it. So I get that, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Growing up, our high school's biggest rivalry was with Jay County, Portland, Indiana. Locate. Yes, it was. (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) I'm so sad about that. That I I didn't know. Yeah, it was really play sports. Yeah, you didn't go to a lot of sporting events, did you? No, I was like, I'm not going to waste money on this. This seems silly. I feel like I lived like a double agent life because I had like my friends, the friends like I would go to that stuff with, and then like my friends, like you guys you Meg that I would do like hood rat shit with (laughs) just want to do hood rat shit with my friends I just want to do hood rat shit with my friends and hood rat shit is uh make our custom myspace page yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think once I got out of the mindset like wait a second there's none of this matters then I stopped going as much and then senior year it picked up again because like oh my god I'm gonna be an adult soon I better soak it in Well, located about 22 miles directly east from where Meg and I grew up, the city of Portland is really a pretty picturesque Midwest town. It has one of my favorite storefront downtowns, like the main street with like the shops on the side of it. It's very small town USA. It only has a population of about 6,000, give or take, and it spans just shy of five miles. So it's very small. It's teeny. I would still consider it a pretty safe place to raise a family. But as we all know, there's no such place as too safe. And looming over the town of Portland, Indiana, is one of the oldest, most bizarre cases in the history of Indiana true crime. And tonight, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the death of Garnet Ginn. Jay County High School is actually a combination of several small rural town high schools that were merged together. 
another thing that we see a lot in small towns, I feel like you have, it starts out like we had like Hartford city high school and then it was like, Oh no, it's like Blackford County high school. Yeah. They all had, I mean, I don't know. Did more people live in the towns or were they just, I think it's always a finance thing. It's always cheaper to have one versus like several, a bunch of small ones. Yeah. Plus Um, if not enough people are like there, you can't have teams. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And like in my town that I live in now, you see it a lot. It goes from like it's a high school and then it's like, oh, it's like a middle school, intermediate school and the high school. And that's just how it happens. Well, Portland High School was the original high school that everyone went to who lived in Portland. I believe it's actually still there. We drive through there every time we go home and I, I see the sign that's like old Portland High School. So I don't know if it's like if it's just like, like the ruins or if it's yeah, just like there. I was thinking, I was like, I don't know if it's like the wreckage of what used to be <laughs> or if it's like this big, like it's small town Midwest. Like if it's like a big old shrine to like what used to be, I don't know. Well, so a couple of blocks from my house is where Fairmount high school and that's where James Dean went to high school at. Oh yeah. So, and they tore it down, but occasionally you'll get people like driving real slow. And I've had like several times people have been like, Hey, where's the old high school that James Dean went to? And I'm like, Oh, it's over there. It's like gone though. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, sis. You missed it. (laughs) Garnet Ginn was a 33 year old home economics teacher at Portland high school. She was successful. She was well liked. She was working on her master's degree hashtag boss babe doing all the things she loved living on her own she was especially proud of her new car a 1949 pontiac she was a home ec teacher and her dad was the principal at mount summit school so she has like a family of educators how old was she 33 33 okay on the night of february 27th 1950 garnet attended a Psi Iota She Sorority. Psi Iota. Yeah, <laughs> that, was Iota. That, rough? <laughs> that was rough. Let me try that again. Garnet, on the night of February 27th, 1950, Garnet attended a Sciota She Sorority meeting at the Portland Golf Club. She was in great spirits. She was walking around with $40 in her purse, which in 1950 was that's big quite a money. Big, that's big money. She had offered to buy everyone drinks afterwards. During the meeting, she had offered to host the next month's meeting on March 20th at her house. Just before 10 o'clock, the meeting ended, and she drove one of her friends home. She dropped her off on 420 High Street, and I had to include the address because I'm a child. (laughs) 420 High Street, blaze it. Yeah, I was like, I want to live there. Like, that's (laughs) dope. (laughs) Oh, that was dumb. That was dumb, but it was good. (laughs) I am sorry. I I come to you. (laughs) Sorry for that. (laughs) Anyway, she drops her friend off and heads home. Garnet pulled into her house right at 10 o'clock. Her neighbor would later confirm. See, guys, she said her Midwest goodbye, which probably started at the meeting at about 930. She was able to drive a friend home right before 10 and still make it home right at 10 o'clock. That's how small this town is. And if you live in the Midwest, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say a Midwest goodbye. You know, it's. Yep. You're going to stand in that doorway and you're going to talk and talk and talk until someone goes, well, (sighs) Yep. Better get going. And then <laughs> and you're you going to continue that like four or five times. Yeah, yes. then you're going to walk out to the car and it's just going to like be this vicious cycle. That's what happens. That's why nothing ever gets done around my house whenever anyone's over. <laughs> Shortly after she ra- arrived home, her neighbor, Mildred Smith, heard her family heard what they thought was a scream, but it sounded really weird. They said it almost like a cat howling. She looked out and saw a shadow in the garage, but she assumed that it was just Garnet walking around, so she went to bed. 
The Smiths lived in the house right next to the garage and Garnet lived in an apartment right there as well. Um, you know how th this stuff is set up. Like it's, we have it back home. You have like the houses that are apartments. So it's all like right there. And this is not something that is out of the ordinary. When I grew up, if my parents heard a noise, they would pull back the curtains, take a peek and get back to whatever they were doing. It's small town, nosy neighbors. It's just how it goes. Yeah. I, if like nine times out of 10, if I hear a scream outside, I'm like, that was probably a kid. And then I listen for a little bit longer and I normally don't call anyone. And then you go back to what you were doing or the only other acceptable response in the Midwest is you're going to conversate for 10 or 15 minutes about what you think it could be. Yeah. <laughs> conversate. Yes. Yep. That was definitely kids, right? Like that wasn't a help me scream. That was a like you found me and I'm playing hide and seek at night scream or something. Yeah. yeah. And especially if it's only once you're like, mm, did I even hear that? Was it a coyote? Like it could have been also another classic Midwest. <laughs> was that? I think that was just the coyotes. The yotes. <laughs> the coyotes. <sighs> Well, the next day on Tuesday, February 28th, 1950, Garnet didn't show up to teach her class. Concerned because this was not like her, she was extremely reliable and very dedicated to her job. The superintendent, D.S. Weller, showed up to her house to check on her around 11 a.m. He first looked in her apartment for her. No sign. There was He's no sign. He walked into her apartment. I mean, it's small town. There's probably, you know, like a... Yeah, I guess it was also like long, and if, long ago. Yeah, and if you're concerned, you know, knock on the door. You don't hear anything. Maybe you like walk in like, hey, is everything okay? Yeah, especially if you know them pretty well. Yeah. There was no sign of a forced entry. No sign of anything crazy that had happened. She just wasn't there. It was like she'd never had come home from the night before. At some point when he was looking around, and it doesn't specify if Mildred Smith, her neighbor, was there from, like, the beginning, like, when he was walking around her house, or if she saw him looking around and did what Midwest neighbors do and was like, hey, is everything okay? What's going on? Oh, yeah, I heard a scream last night. It was weird. It sounded like a cat. So... And again, it's small town, so she probably knew that this, I mean, she knew who this guy was. Just how it goes. Anyways, both of them walk into the garage. He sees her car. Nothing. He's like, all right. So he starts to walk out, and he's like, and this is where it's like, okay, this is weird. He noticed that the passenger side car door was slightly open. He looks under the car, and he sees legs. Oh, no. Never good. No, and I'll give you a trigger warning because we're going to talk about suicide um, multiple times. Uh, so just heads up, know, heads up. Weller walked to the passenger side where he wedged in a space that was about 14 inches wide, sat Garnet Ginn in a slouched position on one knee with a sewing machine belt around her neck and the other end of the belt was wrapped around the car handle. And unfortunately, this is where stuff really goes crazy. Even police officers later on that we'll talk about say this case was completely mishandled because immediately Garnet's death was ruled as a suicide. Her body, the coroner wasn't even the first person that was called. The, her body was released to the funeral home before the coroner even got there. What? That's exactly what I said. I wrote to which I say, What? <laughs> what that's why and her parents really are the mvps of this because immediately her dad Estelle was like nope there is no way why would she commit suicide which in the defense of the investigators i feel like i should say this that doesn't necessarily mean that just because you don't think someone would commit suicide that doesn't mean that they wouldn't we unfortunately yeah. have seen this many times someone could have su suicidal ideations and like carry them out and they never present with your textbook like suicidal tendencies or symptoms or yeah. you know, signs 
But it still doesn't make sense to me that her body was released to a funeral home before the coroner could even examine it. Her wallet was missing as well as her driver's license. We know that she had $40, so her money had been stolen. The scene was a circus, like, and that's putting it lightly. It was her family, not the detectives, who discovered blood spatters and stains in both the inside and the outside of the car on the front and back fenders. There was also a muddy left handprint on the car's fender. People were in and out of there just to see what was going on because everyone's nip shits in the small town. It's just how it goes. <laughs> yes, That's the- Absolutely. Nothing was cataloged properly. And because, like I said, they are, this is not being investigated as a murder. This is not a homicide. It's being investigated like it's being presented like it was a suicide. Because the they co- probably had never seen anything like that, anyways. Yeah. In and that they walk town. in, they see a woman who has ligature around her neck. And it's, you know, they're like, oh, there it is. She, she hang, hung herself. That's case closed. Yeah. The coroner, Donald Spar, had recently contacted the funeral home. Like literally as soon as her body went there, he was like, do not touch her until I can have the chance to examine her. Now, I am not sure what happened there. I'm not sure if he did examine her because there was no report of it. I'm not sure if like they had already started to, the funeral home had already started to like kind of do their thing like preparing her for a funeral. All I know is that there was a funeral. She was buried and her cause of death death was listed as strangulation. As, and it was not like homicide because it wasn't like, you know, mm-hmm. there was no autopsy report at that time. It was assumed that the sewing machine belt came from the sewing machine that was inside her apartment. But literally from the first day that her body was discovered, her dad maintained like she didn't even own a sewing machine. And I have mixed thoughts because she was a home economics teacher. So it wouldn't be like, it it wouldn't be like out of the ordinary for her to have one. But it seems like from everything that I read, and I'll be honest, there's not a lot of like active information. I was digging in like newspaper archives for this. So everything Every time her dad spoke to a reporter or spoke to like anybody, it was reported that like they were extremely close. So I was like, maybe he did know, like maybe she didn't have the funds to buy a sewing machine because it's Mm -hmm. not like in the fifties, it was like, it is now where it's like, Oh, $20, no big deal. And maybe she just used the ones at at her school. school. Yeah. The day after Garnet's body was discovered and it wasn't assumed, you know, it was assumed that it was a suicide. Her dad got to work. He called the News Sentinel, a local newspaper, to tell them that the police were missing this, that this was a murder. There was no chance that his daughter would do something like this. And this reporter, Merle Berg, started to investigate. She inspected the garage when the police were there, and she noticed there was a large footprint in the gravel about a foot from the left door of Garnet's car. She said that it was so deep that it appeared that the man might have lost his balance and all of his weight fell to one foot or that he might have been carrying a heavy load. Like a woman, maybe. And this is an important detail that I want you guys to remember. Okay. I want you to think about like, okay, this footprint throughout as I'm discussing this. When she brought it up to the police chief, Clyde Grigas, as well as the other police officers that were there, it was laughed off like it was no big deal. Well, of course, because they were <laughs> like, they were like, you no, have this, this woman is- telling you like, hey, here is evidence, don't you think? And it's 1950. Yeah. And they're like, ha, ha, this woman. bird. Yeah. Get out of here. So she does what any good reporter would do. She starts running articles about it. On April 6th, 1950, she received a phone call from a man whose voice she didn't recognize. And she was told to lay off the murder case. Other reporters started to catch on. The story was running. A few days after her funeral, at the urging of reporters to be like, hey, you can request an autopsy. This is what you need to do. The family demanded that her body be exhumed and an autopsy be performed. So it was. Good. Her body was exhumed by the Indiana State Police 
from Akron, Indiana Cemetery on April 12th, 1950 and taken to the Indianapolis General Hospital for an autopsy. And I don't even know if that is the like I don't even know if Indianapolis General Hospital is still a thing. Mm-mm. I feel it. It's not. All right, and I want you guys all to brace yourselves because if you're going to be pissed off about what the hell about of a case, it's going to be right here. It was immediately evident that this was no suicide, zero chance of it. This is where I have the biggest what the hell because I have no idea how this was missed. And I tried to like, I always try to see all sides of it before I like take a hard stance on something, but (laughs) I couldn't on this. I was like, wait, (laughs) you messed up. Garnet Ginn had been struck in the side of the head seven times with a club or some other weapon with a sharp edge. She had one significant blow to her left ear that appeared it could have been made with the butt of a revolver. The report also revealed that she had been manually strangled and her hyoid bone had been fractured, something that typically isn't present in a suicide by hanging. She was bruised. She had cuts to her left knee. Like, how was all of this missed? How were her parents the ones to discover the blood and not the police? She also had a rip in both sleeves of her fur fur coat. Like she had been forcefully pulled. Mm -hmm. There were pine cones embedded in the back of her fur coat that were on the ground of the garage as if she had been dragged. It is not just like one little thing. I could understand if she had no evidence that she had been beaten in the head like i understand being like this was a suicide if if like everything else was fine except for like everything's intact she doesn't have anything on her arms or legs what did they think happened to her head like what did they think they didn't look yeah it was just like oh and like grossly like mishandled by the funeral home as well if they're like wait a second I am noticing as I am preparing her body that she has yeah, How many bodies have you prepared mm-hmm. that you couldn't tell? Like, hey, this seems weird. Yeah. It was so grossly mishandled that I don't even have words. And like I said, the real heroes in this case are current police officers. and But at the time, it were it was the reporters and her dad. Her case has been reopened so many times since her murder and throughout that time whether to the detectives who were talking about it or to reporters who were mentioning it a man would call and say the same thing lay off the murder case if you know what's good for you stop talking about it like just some random man and these calls continued into early 2000 Another important detail that I need you to hold on to for just a few minutes. In 2019, Detective Todd Wickey gave a presentation to the Jay County Historical Society, the only group who maintained records of the murder. He said that he inherited the coldest of the cold cases because literally every single piece of evidence regarding this murder is gone. What? Yeah. Disappeared? He worked alongside police chief Nathan Springer to try and follow up on two different tips that they received. Tips that allegedly police had known all along. The first tip regarded broken wood planks in the ceiling of the garage. A garage that still stands to this day. You can drive by it. Honestly, it's kind of crazy because where the area, I looked it up on Google Maps. It's like in the main part of Portland where you would drive through, like I would drive through it on my way back home. Mm -hmm. They did an interview where they went back, like the current police officers did an interview where they went back into the garage to point these like broken planks out. And it was almost as if someone had put a lot of weight on them and jumped down. And I don't know, maybe falling heavily to one foot could leave a significant footprint. The detective wiki said there was almost like 
someone sat in the rafters of her garage and waited for her to come home and jumped down and ambushed her. These broken wood planks were in present, like they were present in crime scene photos that had been released to the newspapers. That's how Detective Wiki knew about them because the Jay County Historical Society had pictures of it. The golden ticket came when another witness came forward and spoke of a local optometrist, which is why I chose this case. (laughs) The local optometrist was married, allegedly had an affair with Garnet, and he had been stalking her. She had went to the police department and was given, I kid you not, a whistle to blow if she was in danger. Because you could literally see the police department from her house. So they were like, we're going to hear you. Just Just blow this whistle. This will keep you safe. It's fine. There are two people of interest in relation to the optometrist. The optometrist himself and his wife. My gut leans to the optometrist because of, you know. History. History. But family members of this family will not provide a DNA sample. And if they did, there is nothing to compare it to. The notes, the autopsy reports, blood samples, her coat, the gloves that had blood spatter on them, crime scene, like the official crime scene photos, the sewing machine belt that was around her neck. It is literally gone. The Just lost to time? or they They have no idea. They have no idea what the hell happened to it. The only photographic evidence comes from the historical society because they clipped every single news article about this over time. They, as well as like the pictures that went along with it, they have let all of them laminated. They have the only records regarding her murder. The optometrist moved away a month after the murder. Sus. Super sus. The witness that came forward gave information about the crime scene, gave the suspect's name, where he worked, and it all checked out. It was all considered credible information. She had stayed silent for so long because, like I said, anyone who mentioned the murder received these threatening phone calls. Obviously, the person had already murdered someone before. Reporters had their jobs threatened if they reported about this. So she was scared, and I don't blame her. Like, I I get that. Yeah. Detective Wiki tracked both the optometrist and their wife to their grave. And you're like, Connie, why aren't you giving me any information? Who are these people? What are their names? And it is here where I tell you in one of our first cases of 2022 where I can't give you their names because there was never enough evidence to officially link them to the crimes so their names have been sealed they have never been released to the public they've never been it's never been a thing like there's no like ad for his op- optometry no office. I looked I looked up like all of the optometrists is in Portland in 1950 because I was like I'm gonna do some Connie snooping and I'm gonna find out who this little bitch is some reconnaissance work. reconnaissance <laughs> <gasps> <laughs> I like that reconnaissance. Yeah. I could not find anything. And police, when they gave, because they gave like a big, like a forum about this in 2019, they said they are 99% sure this is who did this to her. They cannot mention their names because they don't have any physical evidence linking them. So you can't be like, oh, we have just decided that this is. You know, How did they is, find out about the affair from that the, witness? That w- the witness, yeah. And her name has not been released either. And I guess they did contact family members, and the family members will not, like, nope, we're not, we're not going down that path. Look, that generation has, is a different kind of secret keeper. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, people's grandmas take stuff to their graves. Yep. Especially stuff like that. So unfortunately, even though these two detectives know exactly who murdered Garnet, they said that on paper, her her murder will likely always be a cold case. It will never be officially solved. And they can't tell her any, yeah, like her ancestry, like her dad went to, like her parents both died not knowing what happened to their daughter. 
Both Detective Wiki and Chief Springer agreed that the 1950s police training procedures, evidence handling, and the forensic sciences hindered the investigation, if not ruined the investigation. The belated murder investigation with witnesses being scared to come forward, a town being terrified because if a man can hide in the garage and stage a murder as a suicide, like was anyone safe? Like parents stop letting their kids walk around. It was like a dark cloud that is still there because it's like they it's like you know who did it but you don't know who did it and yeah you can't say for sure like this person did this and as we all know in small towns whispers start to happen people are like this is what happened to garnet and it just is like a game of telephone people's careers were ruined rumors were like oh such and such is the person who murdered her and like it's just been chaos since then. But that is the case of Garnet People's Kin. careers were ruined that weren't the optometrist? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, it would just be small town rumors of, I heard this is who killed her. Yeah. And then it's, like, parents thought it, so kids thought it, and then their kids thought it. And it's, like, damn. That sucks. Small town. Yeah. It sucks because you couldn't even, like find out who the like sneak in there dig Mm -hmm. up some dna (laughs) i know i'm not advocating grave robbing in the slightest but it's tempting in this case or in these situations where you're like just go get it Mm -hmm. just go figure it out Mm -hmm. we know you can't but it sucks because you know you can link things with like familial dna and like it could be but they're like I wonder if they have like a family pact where like you come of age and they're like, here's the thing. You could never give a DNA test or no a DNA ancestry DNA for you. Yeah. No 23 and me. None of that. Your DNA is your own. You'd think that one day one of them would be like, eh, oh, well, it would be me. Like if I were in that family, <laughs> yeah, right, I'd be for like, sure. my great grandpa is a murderer. Yeah, I would for sure. I'd be like, I want to know. I would rather know than not know. It's crazy to me that in an area where, you know, you do have houses that face like neglect and like they're not in the best shape, that that garage is still like standing strong. Yeah. Is it like, how do you, how do you saw him crawl under there? staring at me but like how do you mess that up so bad how do you not see that this body has is broken yeah it's like she was hit in the head obviously because like um the neighbor had said that later on in the night she heard a car start for about a minute and then it turned off so i was wondering if like my head started thinking like did they back the car up a little bit or move it forward to like adjust for what they needed to do. Do you think it was also like, I know we've talked about in the past when there were crimes against women in general, they would list them as something less severe. Than mm-hmm. what they, like they wouldn't say like, Oh, she was sexually assaulted. They would to like protect their modesty. So was this a modesty issue in 1950 where they were like, you know, we really, uh, well, there was like, they were ashamed, like as a community or the, maybe the police officers like, were like, we don't really want to dig too deep into it. I just think they looked at it for face value and they were like, Oh, look, she has something around her neck. She definitely committed suicide. Our work is done. Here we go. Next. Because they didn't start in fact, you have to think like they ruled it as a suicide and then they didn't start investigating it until after the autopsy. So what the hell evidence like is going to be there? And her dad, was her like her family was like, there is blood. Like, do you see this blood? Do you see like her gloves have blood? Like, please explain. And, and they were like on the car dude, and there's the yeah. handprint and they're like, dude, dude. No, like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. And I wa- remember I told you the calls went on until early 2000. 
they followed both of these people to their grave. So they call my assumption is this man called all the way up until he died. Yeah. And there's no like, I mean, if you're doing it up until 2000 and you get a phone call like that, can you not like there's caller ID at that point? You know, you can't see where it's coming from. I don't know. I know there were so so annoyed. Yeah, there were so many like I pictured an old man like Jigsaw from the saw series like if you know what's good for you yeah if you know what's good for you quit talking about this murder and it's like wait what murder we weren't talking about a murder what are you who is this carl carl is that that you i I I bought that i don't know what they would buy i bought that truck off of you sound familiar but it's Ugh. like no one thought that this optometrist up and moving a practice because it, it that's not an easy feat to be like, uh, it's been a month, which timeline wise, give you a little bit of a. I was going to say, was he even considered was, at that point or? He was never considered until 2019. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So she was murdered on the night of February 27th. Her body was exhumed first of April. So that's about a month. And he, her, they moved their, like he moved his So practice. as soon as she was exhumed. As soon as they were like, oh wait, this was a homicide. They, they moved. And it's like, no one was like, you don't find that suspicious? <laughs> you don't you find don't that find suspicious? Uh, I have, I have read a lot of true crime like i mean i've i've been an unhealthy amount of an extreme and i uh, i really get into local cases because it always involves like places that i know and like yeah it's I mean, cool when you can like see it yeah and a little like, bit the golf club that she had like her sorority meeting at like i was in a wedding there so like it's i it's it always means a lot more. And like, I get so invested into it when it's like local. And this is a case I had never heard of, which is actually kind of surprising. Cause usually I'm like, oh, I've heard mm. things, man. Well, but what it's a like bummer. This, yeah. It's like this big secret that Portland has. It's like, Hey, and how, you know, you think about like how far like technology has come and like forensic advances that would never fly today. No, absolutely not. No, because they would have tested the blood and seen the hand and ha- known who it was in like two days. Yeah, they'd been like, wait a second, there's blood. You know how Everywhere. sometimes people say like, I wish I was, you know, I was meant to be born in a different decade or something like that. I disagree. I do <laughs> like, not feel that way. <laughs> like, I can appreciate the aesthetic of other decades but mm-hmm. i'm pretty okay with these the ones that i'm in yeah i feel fortunate uh, to be in this decade i agree i saw this um tiktok that was talking about serial killers and it was like if you were a serial killer who got caught before like advances in like forensics codis like how embarrassing <laughs> Aren't you embarrassed? Isn't that embarrassing for you? Oh, man. What a bummer. If you're from that area, which I guess we are. So if you're local (laughs) and you listen and you knew that case, like, let me know. Like, I need to know your thoughts. Who the hell is this optometrist? I'm not going to stop until I find him. Yeah. Someone, someone whose grandma was around was like, oh, yeah, it was Larry. It's Charlie. (laughs) Other 50s male names. Oh, yeah, it was Bob. It was Leonard. Leonard. <laughs> and it's honestly, like, insane, because had her parents not been so, like, close with her, it, you know, it would have always been a suicide. Yeah, and awesome and, for those news reporters who were like, yeah. hey, here's what you need to do. And I guess for, because, like, I read... <laughs> I read news articles like in the archives um, where it was like, you know, local teacher, this, and it's, 
it's sickening, but also like, oh, how times have changed because they all start very pretty teacher from Portland High School is found dead. And I was like, that is not relevant, but very in on brand with the times. But um, there were there was a chunk where it was like talk, it talked about like the initial like where her body was initially found. And then it was like case reopened homicide local teacher murdered and then it went there were a couple that went back to suicide and i was like i can't even imagine being in that town being like what happened what is going on Ugh. anything yeah. else no i just like that's crazy yeah it really pisses me off like i hate that the everything is lost yeah, and that's what I didn't understand. Because even he, like, the I watched an interview with Detective Wiki, and he was like, he had this, like, smirk where it was like, freaking course, it's all gone. Like, where did it go? We don't what know. What are we supposed to do here? Like, do you think that guy was paying off police officers? Or I don't know. I don't know. They did, like, kind of like a, a cold case blast. Like, they did a couple radio shows and like social media things where it was like hey if you have any information regarding this like please come forward and that's where the witness the witness was a teenager when this happened she was in her 80s so she just had heard like the hot gossip about the teacher the at teacher. school mm-hmm. you or know, like a you know, gonna like a give mom. you the tea is like someone some teenager oh yeah they mm-hmm. heard her mom talking on like, the phone about it like did you mm-hmm. hear about Dr. Blah 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 and Garnet. Oh, small towns. Yeah, Gotta but like the, they put, po- because they did two or three newspaper articles about the reporter who had been threatened. So I could imagine being a teenager and being like, oh, I'm not saying shit. Yeah. Zip it. Especially at a time when they're like, you know, he just murdered someone. Unless you yeah. have anything good to say. He just murdered someone and made it look like an like a suicide. So, yeah, I'm not trying I don't, to come forward. I don't know why. Like, it gives me the heaps to like extreme thinking about pulling into my garage and someone freaking jumping down. Yeah, that's I'm terrifying. Yeah, I like, would. I understand it, why people are scared of Batman. Like, just yeah. anything that comes down at you, you're like, ah, I was not prepared for that. Who are you? Why are you dressed in all black, sir? You look scary. I don't well, know why I thought of Batman, but my brain was in It Batman, is true. Right? And it's got like that he's got like that deep voice. Yeah, that would be scary, I think. I'm Batman. Well, do speaking No, I'm not going to do the Batman. Were you asking you, me to do the I was Batman say, thing? Do it again. Do Batman again. I'm Batman. <laughs> I have a thundering deep voice that some find appealing. (laughs) Thundering. Thundering. Well, speaking of problems, thundering voices, podcasting remotely can be challenging as we know, but it doesn't have to be right, Meg. It doesn't have to be. Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution makes the process quick and painless. And I'm telling you, quick and painless, the way it should be. If you know us, we are pretty obsessed with quality. You wouldn't be able to tell that from our first episodes before we started using Zencaster. But Zencaster provides this crystal clear sound that you hear. And our patrons get to see when I upload, because I haven't lately because I suck, a <laughs> pretty clear HD video. Not to mention, like we said, it's easy to use even for your guests who aren't tech savvy. You, When I invite Meg, it's a link. She clicks onto it. It pops up and here she is ready to record. There's nothing to download. You just get on your web browser. Click the link and start recording. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy and with everything from local recording to automatic post-productions and the tool, you don't have to leave your browser at all to get an episode done you can literally start finish record and upload from zencaster just so, need internet 
Yes, we want you to have the same easy experience as we do for our podcasting. If you go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and enter the promo code gruesome with a capital G, you'll get 30% off your first three months. That's Zencaster, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com. And then in the promo code gruesome with a capital G. It really is the best. It is. We love them. Yeah, start your podcast. I'm running out of shit to listen to. <laughs> we need more. Uh, so I thought about this story I wanted to tell when you said the name Leonard. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever um, told it before. But I thought of Leonard Nimoy. And Leonard Nimoy used to have, who was Spock, by the way. Mm-hmm. I was like. He had a, a pet store where my dad lived when he was a teenager and my dad said he used to uh 420 blaze it and go into this pet store that was Leonard Nimoy's when he was a kid and he had like pretty exotic animals in there but there was this parrot and one time he was in there and he said he and his him, 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 oh my gosh he and his friend were in there and he heard a kid go grandpa and then this parrot also went grandpa and they, he and his friend laughed so hard that they kicked him out of Leonard Nimoy's pet shop. And he said event, it, it burned down like at some point, which is like a sad ending to that story. But yeah, like, well, that's a good dark turn. <laughs> yeah, I did. But I don't know. I just, I thought about it when you were telling me. So I figured I would share. Have I ever told you my triangle trifecta of nerddom, my theory? Like, no, the standard nerd. I feel like, and this is a scientific theory that I like to test on people, my triangle of nerddom has three points. At the top of it, you have Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and Harry Potter. The typical everyday average nerd will usually like two out of the three. They usually do not like all three. Mine are Star Wars and Harry Potter. I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan. Don't come at me. I love all of them. I love you're, all three of those. <laughs> you are a super nerd. Like you're, I'm talking about you. I was going to say, is this like millennial nerds? Because like they're, I yeah. feel like we could go further back, but. Well, no, because off of that, you get branches and okay. the two branches that shoot off are either Star Trek or uh-huh. Doctor Who. And most going back, not talking about super nerds, Meg show off, but most of typical nerds only like one of the two like i'm not a star trek girl but i will rock with the doc i'm opposite i do not like doctor who that is the one thing it's i i have tried i have tried time and time again to watch it multiple different seasons i know they're Mm -hmm. different i cannot get into it i'm just like "Mm, no nope 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 not working for me sorry and it's i always ask when people start ask like talking about like star wars or like star i'm like let me test you here's your triangle (laughs) what are your what are your two sides and most of the time it's like i like this one this one oh no i don't like that one like my husband likes star wars and lord of the rings and does not like harry potter which like what hater the audacity (laughs) how could he yeah, I uh, I like all of those things. I am not crazy about Doctor Who, but I don't not like I don't hate it. I'm just like not my cup of tea. You know how they used to do like like wrestling, and they'd be like, "Ooh, I think like one of the wrestler guys did that." Diamond Dallas Page, maybe he like would put it like up, like hey. If you are a fellow connoisseur of the eclectic nerddom. Please let me know if you also have a t- what your two sides are, or are you a I super? I feel like you should add more branches. Like if you've got this branch, like your triangle with your fingers on the side, then you add the Doctor Who and the Star Trek, and then you add two more, and then you add two more. What should the other ones be? Um, I'm trying to think. Hold on, I have it on the tip of my tongue, and I can't. Maybe think of like anything. anime. Anime, definitely. But I know- is it, oh, but then you can have your branches, like one or the other. Are you like anime, like My Hero Academia, uh, Dragon Ball Z? That's a are lot you of a- branches. 
are you a like, Pokemon girl, guy, person? Like, you know what? Pokemon and anime, I think, could be separate branches. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, are yeah, you like yeah, a yeah. true anime or like me? Like, I will watch anime with my son. I am not an anime connoisseur, but I, I am not either. Love Pokemon. <laughs> like, I watched it all the time growing up. Like, and I think you have Pokemon or Yu Gi Oh! You don't like both most yeah, of the time. True. Or Magic. Magic, magic Gathering. Yeah, D &D. Magic like, are you. <laughs> Those things branch off into hammer. it. Like, oh, pretty yeah, soon it's just sucks. like. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's, talk there's something for everyone. Yeah, I'm talking about the. Hold on. I can't think of what the name is because I keep thinking what describe uh, it. what does it look like what do you think of when you no comic books no i don't know what that is hold on Are you the just twilight like... zone the twilight oh zone. twilight zone okay i got you i got you okay sorry guys <laughs> yeah, yeah okay i hear it now i hear it now uh yeah which I also or it was yet. Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks or Twilight yeah. Zone kind of branches off of each other. Uh, but I'm talking your standard, but the, those your normal three right there. Yeah, it's like a crown. <laughs> what is what are <laughs> that the that I wear of you? proudly? Typically, it's two out of the three, and then you have if you go if you if you like Star Wars or Star Trek, you typically don't like Doctor Who. Let I me know. That's true that they might not typically like it, but I'm just saying for me, my, it personally is true. <laughs> and my, you like, you think like maybe that's too broad, but then you start asking the question. So here I am asking the question, what is your size of the triangle? It's a good theory. I like it. Do you, are you, there's again, to recap, this three sides are Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and Harry Potter. Most people I've talked to, everyone I've ever talked to, except for Meg likes two out of the three <laughs> except for meg and then you raise your two branches off of it and you have star trek or doctor who i in my bedroom i kid you not this is why i love your theory i have three shelves in my bedroom and the top shelf is all my harry potter memorabilia and the second shelf is all my Lord of the Rings memorabilia and like prints that I bought. And the third shelf is like my Star Wars Legos. <laughs> it's I've literally been testing this theory for years. And you're the first person who's like, oh, yeah, I like all three. Just shut me down on live podcasting. <laughs> on live, there are other people out there. Come to us and tell us that you are also what? all three. Yeah. Or don't, because you'll crush my... <laughs> are, you, are you really Connie's theory? My <laughs> scientific theory. Or I methods. Have I have written a paper about this. What? That's how passionate I am you about You feel this. very passionately about I it. Do, I, would, I feel very passionate. I feel passionate. like you should submit that to like a magazine. Help no, get people... It published. <laughs> look, they would rip I, you apart. I, yeah, they'd be like, who is this girl? Does she even know lord of the rings and it's like i tried i really have i don't know what it is about it because i usually get into like most i don't know what it is please don't come at me i can't get into lord of the rings i have tried so many times i lied about liking it to multiple boys sorry guys <laughs> to multiple boys including did my you, husband did you watch like, the hobbit like did, did you like the yeah. hobbit and you I did just, but you're talking about the movies right you didn't yeah. read the books either no i didn't read the books okay. The books I, are kind well, of tough to like yeah start get into and i liked i love to read i mean i am rereading harry potter as we speak i also have i don't like new things that is part of my adhd i don't like new things so i stick to like what i have like what gives what me the warm liked, and fuzzies like as and, a kid what you liked as a kid oh and yeah, i don't really out. yeah i don't really venture I'm kind of stunted. You're not stunted. You just I'm know stunted. what you like. Yeah, I do. And I don't like, I've never. And I don't like Lord of the Rings. I don't like Lord of the Rings. 
I have lied to my husband about liking it. And he like sat down. He's like, we're going to have a marathon. And I was like, oh, yes, I can't wait. But then I was like, fuck this. I can't. I lied. I'm sorry. This is not me. I lied. I lied. I lied. I lied. I hate Lord of the Rings. Oh, man, that's rough. We just let the girls watch all of the hobbits, all three of them. Like we had a merit. Well, we had like a nightly one. So we'd watch like half of it half of like hobbit one and half of the the rest of the hobbit and then we watched the other two that way so it took like a month to do them and then we started lord of the rings but they liked the hobbit they couldn't get into the lord of the rings movie we the boys will watch lord of the rings with my husband they are all about it but i tested my trifecta theory on them as well and my oldest is a lord of the rings star wars doesn't really give a shit about harry potter which again, I say, what? And then our middle son is a Star Wars Harry Potter. And then, I mean, our daughter is named after a Harry Potter character. So she's like, kind of, you will like it. You have to. You have to. <laughs> this is why I have a friend whose daughter is named Bellatrix. That's dope. They call her Belle, but I thought it was really cool. Like, she was like, like low on the lay they call her normal name but on the low low her full name is like what's your name is it isabel <laughs> is it no it's bellatrix i thought it was we awesome. we let our oldest like he thinks he named our daughter because she i guess there is a pokemon trainer who has the same name and he's like i named her after a pokemon trainer and i'm like yeah you did Maybe if she really likes oh, yeah. Pokemon, she'll think that's cool one day. Yeah. She better freaking really like Harry Potter. <laughs> or else I'm going to have to <laughs> get a new new kid. <laughs> I mean. the oldest. It's fine. Maybe yeah, she won't she, like any of them. She could. Well, she likes to read so much now. Uh, I'm just going to kind of. I have the like the picture one. So I'm just going to start being like, look. <laughs> Pictures. I mean, we had our first birthday party. It was Harry Potter themed. So I remember that. I uh, I told my oldest daughter that I would give her 20 bucks if she finished the first Harry Potter book. I was like, this is Sorcerer's Stone. If you read it, I'll give you 20 bucks. And she was like, mm, not enough pictures. I was like, okay, that's fair. But that's now I got to get that special edition you showed me. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. What? Why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I'm just going to tell, I'm just going to say it out loud so everyone knows how great of a best friend I am. It'll be at your house tomorrow. You want to know what's double hilarious about that? What? I bought you the box set for your birthday. Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I can't keep a surprise anyways. Like I almost just sent it to your house, but I was like, no, I'll send it to my house. And then I can give it to her the next time I see her. That is so. Wait, did you do it yesterday? Yep. Yeah. As we were talking about it, I told my husband, I because I I got the new. Well, I, I don't even know if they're I know they're like in like production new, but they're the chapter books. It's not like the full picture version of the Harry Potter series, but it's um illustrated. It's really awesome. It has like pop outs and everything. It's super cool. Well, I found one yesterday and I sent Meg a picture of it and she was talking about how she didn't have it. So I was fishing. I'm like, oh, do you have like, which ones do you have? And immediately I was like, Amazon send. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. After we finished texting, I, um, I actually got on shop goodwill because i have a problem and i found a box set on there and i bid on it and i won the bid and i was like sweet and it's actually in the city where my older brother lives in california and i was like that's so weird so but i be i almost was like can you go pick this up i'm like it's gonna be cheaper just to like send it here so i just had to sit here but yes we can trade <laughs> i guess that's so awesome <laughs> see guys we love each other <laughs> But maybe your daughter will read Look at that uh, one. Yeah, yeah, maybe she'll like that one. And especially if you tell her that her BFF is also. Yeah, her best friend that she loves more than me. <laughs> I was like, Connie sent this to you for your birthday. 
here. <laughs> Our birthday, my little Aquarii baby. <laughs> uh, sweet, sweet girl. Yeah, yeah very sweet. Hot sauce on top. Yeah, that's, I think, spicy. Sour Patch Kid. Both well, of them, honestly. But. You got a case and uh, a little insight into the nerd trifecta theory and our friendship and i hope i hope this was fulfilling (laughs) bye don't forget go to zencaster.com and enter code gruesome get your 30 percent off and podcast we can collab just let us know you know Ooh, yeah thank you so much for listening to gruesome horrific true crime a Zencaster-powered podcast. Seriously, we wouldn't be here without them. Zencaster is simple to use and makes it easy to edit your own podcast. Zencaster gives you automatic, high-quality post-production sound, transcription, and HD video recordings of all of your episodes. If you want to start a podcast, and we think you should, click the link in the show notes or at our website and use the code GRUESOME with a capital G for 30% off your first three months. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too, here are some ways that you can support Gruesome. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or a five-star rating on Spotify. This helps other true kind... This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us. Follow us at Gruesome Podcasts on Instagram or TikTok and talk to us on our posts. Join the Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and gain access to bonus episodes and exclusive Patreon perks. Or if a one-time donation is more your thing, we have a Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and a PayPal via our email, gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which, we love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us your questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week and don't forget, lock your windows, lock your doors, and on Wednesdays, we're we're gruesome. gruesome. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.